mi gente, and welcome to the Latinx of Utah Valley podcast, where we discuss all things Latina OX. I'm your peruana host, Mari Linares. So, I'm going to start this episode off a little bit different than the other ones. First of all, this episode is just me. We have no guest for this episode. And aside from that, like, I just wanted to take a moment to really think a lot of you that have been with us throughout like our whole podcast journey because the purpose of this podcast is to bring a more unified sense of identity and culture for the Latinx community. So that's why we talk a lot about having mixed identity, having like a lot of immigration background whether that's first generation immigrant, second generation like language identity um and in different ways, like we try to touch on topics that will really help anyone in the Latinx community find a refined sense of purpose within the community. So I know that this has been a short podcast series, but we, for what we were able to do with these short episodes, or I guess like with these short amount of episodes, um, I hope that for those who are listening that you've been able to find some sense of community and understanding through the episodes that we have shared and also I wanted to thank those that have shared this podcast on their social media and have tagged me I have seen those and I really appreciate them and those that have followed along with the podcast and have subscribed to it and even to those that have shared um, segments of the podcast with friends and family we really appreciate that and it has definitely helped a lot of people from the Latinx community because if it weren't for their friend who shared this podcast with them they wouldn't have heard about um, how to deal with having like mixed racial identity maybe or how to combat like the language barrier of being like Latin but or of being Latina but like also not speaking the language maybe. So there's a lot of topics, and I'm just very grateful for those that have really helped us out on our journey. And now to jump into our final episode. And yes, I did say final episode. We really just wanted to go out with a bang. And for that reason, there are two topics that I wanted to discuss. The first topic is about deconstructing the rhetorical usage of words for empowerment. And I know that's like a lot of words, so to kind of go over what that means, what it means to deconstruct the rhetorical usage of words. So words have power, and sometimes that can be very negatively impactful. And what it means to deconstruct is that we are going to take apart negatively impactful words and replace them or find a new lens to change those words into empowerment words or to find a replacement word for that. So whenever you hear that term or specific terms that bring the Latinx community down, you can think of these other terms that we have come to recognize in this episode. And the second thing that we're going to discuss in this episode is empowering history which includes like Latin A, Latino, Latinx figures. And why we want to also end with that on our final episode is because it means like, first of all, like we can go into a whole nother episode about representation, but a lot of like historical like figures that are like recognized for their work, 
but not really seeing many of many people that are like latina latino like latinx or latina whatever terminology like y'all want to use not really seeing much representation in that aspect it is very impactful like i mean i would say negative way because you don't see people like you like you don't know that there's people like you that have made a powerful impact in the united states history and we're gonna talk about those people people that are like latinas latinos latinx like from like any race like white black and any sexual identity like we're gonna talk about those people that have been impactful in our history within the united states the reason why i wanted to end this episode with those two topics is because i just want all y'all to like leave this show like knowing that whatever terminology whatever terms whatever like labels are thrown at you like you can go back to this episode and just remember the words of empowerment or like remember historical people like you that have made impact not just in the united states but just in general like like mainly focusing in the united states because like right now like the identity we're talking about like all of this latinx podcast is like based here within the utah valley parameters but yeah so i wanted to end with those two topics to really like i said go out with a bank let's talk about words that really have they bring a lot of meaning um just hearing them maybe like sparks conversations or brings like feelings like you can send like it brings uh feelings to your senses so the first word that i want to talk about when it comes to deconstructing these words so the first one that i'm going to talk about is the phrase build that wall and i know that for many of you who are listening, um, that phrase has been pasted on banners. You've seen it like um, on like propaganda, like on television. It was used as a political means to gain like votes for elections and like other ways that has been used. Let's talk about what it means to build that wall or more so like what it signifies. Like what does build that wall signify? When you think of a wall, like, you think of a barrier. Like, there's, th- there's like, the one side of the wall, and then there's another side of the wall. But there's, like, the wall that's, like, a barrier that is, like, separating the two areas. As Latinx, like, we hear the word, like, build that wall. We all know what wall we're, they're talking about. Like, <laughs> we know that they're talking about the wall in the southern, or, like, the, yeah, like, the more southern states, like, around texas for example like between like the border of texas and mexico the reason why this phrase is so impactful is because again like walls are used to separate areas and when we build a wall between a community we are separating that community into two we are separating us and them or them and us the reason why like when we think of borders, we automatically think about Latinas and Latinos and Latinx and Latina people is because there hasn't been a push to build a wall in the northern side of the U.S. Like I have, as of this point, I have not seen such an emphasis on building a wall between the U.S. and Canada. It's a push more so to build a wall between the U.S. and Mexico and, like, the southern Latinx communities. 
so that's why like the phrase build that wall also brings an imagery of like separation you know separation of otherness i just i remember like there was was like a playground um that was made at the fence of the border down south and and by south okay whenever i say south i mean like uh southern like i don't remember if it was like in texas or like if it was like in california like i i don't remember which of the states it was in but anyways like there was like the wall that was separating mexico from the u.s and like i think it was a group of people or someone they they put like i think the i think it's called seesaws uh, i'm trying to remember the phrase for it but they put like a seesaw like several of them where children from both sides of the borders could like play with each other like one part of the seesaw would be like on the mexico border side and the other part of the seesaw would be like on the united states side and um so like even like the like i don't know like just the, the phrase like build that wall it brings that imagery it brings like like i think of that seesaw i think of the separation like we're separate like we're united but we're separate like like the seesaw like united like the people but the wall was still there even though like these groups were able to like interact they were still separated by bars i also think of there was a show that um they lifted the border for like i believe if i remember the show i We'll let y'all know hopefully before this episode ends but they lifted the border for like i think six ten minutes maybe less and they recorded like they like there was that was like the moment for families that haven't been able to see each other um because of like legal issues and like immigration stuff um that was a moment for them to reunite with their loved ones and what entertainment like industry did was just like recorded that and like just to record like the happy like emotions of embracing each other and then they closed the border and like what did the entertainment like gain from that they got a lot of like viewers but like it was like for the views you know these are people that we're talking about and like using people for even like something as that as like lifting a border only for entertainment purposes like if it can be lifted for that, then... I mean, this is my personal opinion now. If it can be lifted for that, then why can't it be lifted for, like, more ethical reasons? When I see, like, that phrase, like, I know, like, many of us are like, okay, like, we know what that phrase is. Like, we know the impact that it has on us individually. Like, um, everybody has their own perspective on that phrase. And every, even if you come from the community, like, you have your own background experiences and understanding of the word that impacts what you hear what you see what you visualize when you hear the phrase build that wall to switch the gears and let's like take that phrase apart or rather like let's bring in empowering phrases to combat that and to actually kick off that empowerment section like i wanted to read a poem by rupi kerr which i know like a lot of you um especially y'all um friends of mine that i know that are listening to this uh podcast um y'all are fans of rupi kerr and many of you are the ones that introduced me to her and i am super super happy because of that (laughs) anyways here's a poem by rupi kerr and it's about immigration Perhaps we are all immigrants, trading one home for another, 
First, we leave the womb for air, then the suburbs for the filthy city, in search of a better life. Some of us just happen to leave entire countries. Now let that sink in. I know that as an immigrant, like, there's a lot of labels that are thrown at you. Even if you're not an immigrant, the label of immigrant is automatically thrown to some of you if you fit the stereotype of an immigrant. Phrases like build that wall or separation or all of that. Take a moment to separate yourself from that phrase. And whenever you hear the phrase build that wall, how about replacing it in your mind with brave, bold, persistent, courageous for having to have part of your family on one side and you be on the other side. Courageous for going on like how things have been going, for going forward continually and not giving up. You're brave because you withstand these comments, but you're still going. And bold because as your presence itself says, you are here. They can build a border, they can build a wall, they can build it wherever you are, but you ain't going anywhere. You're staying right here. Your entire presence is already a pushback against the rhetorical influences of the phrase build that wall. So whenever you hear that phrase, remember your own identity in the sense that just being where you are, you're already combating that phrase. You're already bringing like positivity and a switch to what like people are trying to bring you down with. Let's go into another word that I know can be very triggering. Not triggering in the sense of like it'll trigger anxiety or like depression or any of that. Not that, no. But triggering as in like it upsets many as soon as this word is heard. And that word is illegal. And what does illegal mean? So I know, like, that's, like, a given. Like, illegal means something that is not lawfully, like, supposed to be there. But when we use the term illegal and we talk about people, like, the Latinx community, what what that word means, like, the power that that word carries is that these people, our people, do not belong here. Illegal as in this group is the owner of this area, And no other group can be a part of it. Which is also very, as we have talked about in previous episodes, that is a very um, aired way of thinking too. Because when you go back geographically um, in history, this land has been um, land of Native Americans, of indigenous um, Hawaii is land of the people of Hawaii and we can't put a label on land and that is my personal opinion on that and um, referencing like the term illegal especially on people that are indigenous to these lands it makes it so that it's almost like you can't be in your own home anymore I don't know that's like the imagery that I get like of when I hear that word 
but it also brings like feelings of fear or feelings of being unwanted because it means like illegal means that again like it's not lawful and therefore this person shouldn't be here or this group of people shouldn't be here and so it, it gives these people like feelings of being unwanted of like having to like hide or like being worried about everything in regards to like staying in the states i don't know how we can put the term legal and illegal on people if we're all here there's a quote that i came across in a paper by lisa a flores and it's called constructing rhetorical borders peons illegal aliens and competing narratives of immigration in her paper, she quotes Chang and Anki from 1998, who stated how, who stated that how a nation treats the immigrant speaks volumes about the nation. So whenever the phrase illegal is thrown around, just think of a mirror reflecting back. If a term illegal is thrown at you, even if you're not, um, I know like there have been assumptions made of people um based on stereotypes even if you're not illegal like just remember that you are only a mirror reflecting back to that person who is part of a bigger society called like you know um united states when there's like different groups here you know um but and that doesn't necessarily mean that they represent like all of the united states but i'm just saying that Whenever those people, like, specific people, like, who decide to throw those words at you, just know that they're, that is just reflecting back on them and reflecting back. On, it doesn't reflect you. The term is not for you. When they say illegal, that phrase is just a reflection of the society. So replace that word, detach yourself from that word, and I know it's easier said than done. But I thought of some words also that would flip the power of the word illegal so whenever you hear the word illegal think of traveler because travelers go from one area to another there is no legality or i guess legality there is no like like problems when you think of a traveler you don't think of any problems you just think of like a happy person going from one place to another that's what it is you're not illegal you're a traveler and also think of the phrase nomad or the word nomad Again, it's like another way of saying traveler. Like nomad is just like they have a home here, they have a home there. They're just consistently like flowing and like going through, you know. And I think my final thought on the term illegal is that when you hear that term, it again like it brings feelings of like like just like the phrase built that wall, like separation, like you over there, we over here. But when you hear the word illegal, you can also replace that with we share the same earth one can build borders everywhere but the land is still the same we're still on the same grounds remember that remember that we all share the same earth and i could have picked different phrases to take apart to switch to that so that we can get empowerment instead of like the impact of what the words give so I could have picked other words besides built that wall or illegal. But I decided to pick those two because they're the most 
consistently harmful to our community and there's a lot of impact behind it even when people joke around you see it in the media you see it in conversations people joke around about it but even when it is thrown around it still impacts and that impact to you who is throwing that word around may seem small but it impacts a whole community and because of that i decided to go with these two words because they are the most hurtful as of this point to the latinx community there are also the phrases that bring the most pain pain to those that have been separated from families by the border pain to those who are trying to make it through here in the united states trying to get through school trying to get a degree in college trying to get a high school diploma trying to make a living here after escaping um poverty after escaping war after escaping flooding in their own countries whatever it may be whatever the reason it was that they came here understand that if there wasn't anything going on in someone's home country they wouldn't be here latinx community people are here because they can't for some reason be at home right now so to switch to words of empowerment we talked about those two phrases and please remember like don't throw those words around especially around your latinx friends in general don't throw those words around as a joke because it really isn't a joke now like i wanted to move on to the next section of my final podcast episode all right now to move into part two which i mentioned would be about um latina latino latinx empowerment history so you've heard of the black panthers the organization that fought against police brutality um fought for a lot of anti-discrimination and so you know about that group but have you ever heard of the brown braids the brown braids are or were they they both are and were so they were a pro chicano organization that started in the late 1960s it was started in light of the chicano movement so what they did is similar to the black panthers they focused a lot on fighting against police brutality racism they there was different chapters of the brown braids that focused on demanding education job and housing equality Something interesting is that the Brown Berets actually collaborated with the Black Panthers on several occasions. And when I say that they are also ongoing is because in our very Utah, in Salt Lake, I believe, there is a chapter of the Brown Berets, like today's chapter of the Brown Berets. And their purpose is to help a lot of the community. And currently, there's a lot of gentrification going on in the area of Salt Lake. And a lot of immigrants and a lot of minorities are losing their houses because there is, again, gentrification that gets rid of houses to make room for other things. Or prices are going up, so it puts a lot of people who are susceptible to 
like they're like lower income families, so they're susceptible to the impacts of raising the prices. So a lot of them are like losing homes. So the Brown Berets and the chapter in Salt Lake City, they are one of their biggest focuses right now is against gentrification, is against moving these families out. Like we want to keep these like Latin families like staying in their homes where they should be. Not just um, the Brown Berets, even like in history, like let's talk about legislation now. I don't know if any of y'all know, but like there's a guy called Tom Perez who was actually the first Latino to serve as chair of the Democratic National Committee. And now let's go to like females now. Catherine Cortez, she was the first Latina in the U.S. Senate. So like our people are not just bystanders or by watchers. Like we are actively like working with legislation. Like there is a lot that we as a community have done and are doing to better impact our community, to better give like like we're still fighting against um, educational equality. We're still fighting against just like you saw with the brown berets. We're still fighting against housing equality. So that is still going on. But even in the past, like, there's been a lot of Latina, Latino, Latinx figures. And maybe, like, we haven't really talked about them because they're not really emphasized right now in the history that we learn. Just as learning about other figures is important in history, so is learning about BIPOC figures. Because anything that happens in the U.S. that is impactful is history. That's why I would like and I have wanted to share about these figures. Even now, with, like... Those that have worked and are working on legislation, like there's so much that we can also do. We can follow up on bills that impact our communities. There's a website, and if when I remember, it will most likely be attached to the podcast information. But you can go in and you can click on where your state is and figure out like who the senators are for your state, and then like figure out like the bills that like you, like what what bills are being like talked about, and like you can look through and find out about each one, and then like you can click to follow certain bills that like you really want to like keep in like track of. And then one of the other figures that I wanted to talk about is Carmen Perez. She is the co-organizer of the Women's March, which is pretty well known now like throughout the states and there's also like women's marches that go on um in our own state certain during certain times of the year now like let's talk about like education wise so when i was in oregon last spring spring summertime i went to a university i think it was oregon state university or it might be portland state university one of those two and there was a little like area where I wouldn't even say it was little, like, there was a whole, like, section of the school, like, a whole building dedicated to, like, BIPOC students, faculty, and staff. But specifically, like, I want to talk about La Casa Latina that we came across, like, when we went to that school. So La Casa Latina translated to the the Latin house. It was... Like, when we went there, it was a whole section dedicated to Latin students. Latina, Latino, Latinx, Latine, uh, Chicana, Chicano. And what I loved is that they had painted, like, a whole side of the wall in that, like, section of, like, in that floor. Because, like, about almost that floor was dedicated to Latinas and Latinos, like, Latinx. And, like, a whole section of the wall, like, they had, like, paintings from, like, Chicano like individuals that have made an impact in like Latin history and in in the U.S. history like they had a lot of quotes they had a lot of like just a lot like of 
impactful people like pasted and painted throughout the whole wall. And one thing that I absolutely loved is that on the entrance of the door, it's a glass door. And on the entrance, there's like a big like kind of like quote that you see when you enter. And it's just super simple, super straight to the point, And it just says, brown is beautiful. When we saw that, like that was so impactful for a lot of us coming from Latinx like backgrounds because because like we have like how we talked about in previous episodes like we have like a lot of like this hardships with separating like eurocentric beauty standards from like our own indigenous like beauty standards and also like recognizing like our own like worth because of like a lot of like historical like discrimination and even like ongoing discrimination that is now more subtle but just like that one phrase that was pasted on the wall or on the door i say that just was like a very like already it just set the mood for the room because once we like went in there were like different quotes like that were all around for example there was like one that says like juntos avanzamos so together we advance and like there was like little shirts that had like words on each shirt and like one shirt would say presente like present another one would say like voter and so forth and there was like like so many like helpful resources for latinx like students that were put on a section of like the door like a little like folder that would hold all that information but like i said like that whole like building was dedicated to like like bipoc um students faculty and staff because like on another floor there were also like native american art like native american like like i'm not native american but a lot of like my friends in that group who were native american who are recognized a lot of things that were meaningful to them in that floor dedicated to them and then we also had like floor dedicated for to our like black and colored like individuals and like like faculty student and staff and like even on that floor they had like a lot of books that were um that talked about like race history a lot of stuff that was very like motivating for the black community and just like even that like even that like that effort that the school put in like i'm talking about that here because we see stuff like this but we don't talk about it modern like society right now and like where we're from in our communities not in our latinx communities but like the bigger community the majority community like they have a lot like that they want that there's a lot that they talk about but like oftentimes like little stuff like this like little stuff like impactful latinx figures that are like running legislation right now um a whole civil rights organization that worked to like help against police brutality education rights home rights like home equality rights like all of that and like um like women's march individuals because like we sometimes like associate like women's march to like white women and it's not like just that so like even these figures that are like latinx represented and they have been in these like steps like they have been in, i mean like in these like areas and because like they have done this and because there are whole like schools that are dedicated to like latin like individuals like you and me like that means that what we've seen before we can replicate again because there are people that have made impact in history we too can because there are people that have made advances in legislation that have made advances and like 
um, business endeavors, political areas, and other sort of like professional like areas in their lives, like we can do that too. We have that representation. Not it's not taught and a lot, and it's not talked about, but we have that representation, and that just like proves that like. Because, like, again, like, discrimination is still ongoing, but it is more subtle than it has been before. And as a side note, I, for me, what I have experienced, like, when I have experienced discrimination here, like, in Utah County, it's been more like people being comfortable. It's been more of people being comfortable. So comfortably silent. And that's not how it's going to be. We have a lot of representation, like I've said before, and that just means that we can, like, if you're an individual who wants to enter, like, law or who wants to do, like, who wants to be in political science or wants to do something in regards to politics, you don't have to worry that, like, like you don't fit there because there was another that came before you that made a standpoint there so that you can have a place there, too. Just to close this episode and in general to close this entire podcast series that we have been having for a little bit now, I just wanted to like reiterate like what a lot of messages that we have shared in the podcast have themed around, if that's even the right way to say that. There's a lot of efforts um, of oppression in different ways. But that will not stop us. And there is also a lot of difficulties when it comes to like mental health and finding the right resources. And then like having to struggle with your own identity, like not knowing like if you are enough to be like a Latina, Latino, Latinx, um, not knowing like where you stand or who you're supposed to be like and how you're supposed to act in regards to the community. All of these episodes have been directed to help you better understand that and to help you better know that your path is paved by yourself. I just wanted everyone that's listening to know that um, as Latinx individuals, or actually I have changed the term Latina, so I like that one better now. So as Latina individuals, we are, as Latina individuals, we're capable of doing a lot more than we may think or as we may see ourselves portrayed in the media. We're more than what we see and we are capable of so much more. I just wanted to thank everybody again who has come with us throughout this whole journey and has been a source of our able of our like podcast being able to reach so many other people. And I want you all to remember again that Latinas and Latinos and Latinx and Latina individuals have power. So thank you. And I hope that you will share this podcast again with somebody else and re-listen to the whole show again. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Latinx of Utah Valley podcast. I'd like to give a special thanks to our sound engineer, Meg McKellar, for making the show possible, as well as Kevin McLeod for the music. <laughs>